Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. John, thank you for the introduction. I appreciate it very much. I'm always laughing. Yeah, trying not to chuckle with you laughing and shaking your head. You will not forgive yourself. You will not let it go that no. you've missed a few times. I, I mean, like OCD guy, perfectionist, kind I of what I strive for. God's, That's why I mess up so often. God's forgiven yeah. you, and it's time for you to forgive yourself. Okay. Gotcha. It's okay. If it happens more, then well, we'll just find somebody else. I was else, a kid that, like, would, like, you know, back in the day, like in elementary where they had that perfect attendance thing, yeah. which is is totally stupid now. But yeah. anyways, because yeah, I made myself go to school to, even though I wasn't feeling well. And my parents <laughs> say, you need to stay home. I'm like, no, I want to go perfect attendance. That's right. Yeah. I was always the kid that said president whenever yeah. they asked us. <laughs> but anyway, well, it's good to be in here with you again, man. And we're going to do a follow-up episode to what we talked about last week. Oh, good. And we'll get to that here in a second. But mm-hmm. first, I want to, as we always like to do, thank Covenant Eyes for their support. Uh, honestly, a lot of this wouldn't be possible without that, right. you know, with, without them supporting us. And it helps allow The Narrow Road to get published every month. It helps um, with all the needs we have with the podcast and everything else as well. But guys, if you haven't tried coming in eyes, do it. This world, as you know, is just surrounded with all kinds of things that want you to walk away from that narrow road, right? They want you to walk towards vice instead of virtue. And it's very easy from a smartphone, a tablet, television, whatever it is. Everything's got apps and access to the internet these days. To be able to see something that may not be that bad and then it leads you down a rabbit hole Mm -hmm. to searching for things and looking at things and then eventually falling to lust or impurity of self and things like that you know one of the commandments is is um is to honor your wife right like to not commit adultery and a lot of times guys don't look at at, it watching pornography as that way but that is falling to the sin of adultery right committing adultery is you're cheating on your wife even though you're not with another person you're committing an act by yourself, mm-hmm. you know, that is, that is not with her. So, look, we all know what a problem this could be in our lives. Children are struggling with it now because more parents give access to, to their kids to cell phones and tablets and all those things without any sort of safeguards on them. I read stories all the time, and I, I work with some guys that, that work with Covenant Eyes. We're friends with guys from Covenant Eyes, and I hear this all the time from just these horror stories about children and how scarred they are. They are. And as part as we know from the narrow road and from this podcast, part of our job as fathers or good friends or whatever it is, is to be a good steward of the other, to to right. be a protector. And so that's what Covenant Eyes allows you to do. It allows you to put this stuff on your computers in your home, not only to safeguard yourself from it, but also to safeguard the ones that you love. Uh, and they add that accountability partner, which we know is so so needed in any sort of relationship that you're, where you're walking away from from vice, is you need that person to walk with and keep you accountable. So. Covenant Eyes allows you to do that too. You can get a free trial for Covenant Eyes at start.covenanteyes.com slash pew through Pew Ministries here and just a guy in the pew. So make sure you go there. And just remember, you know, as you journey through God's word in the narrow road or through your daily scripture reading or through this podcast, you know, don't let sexual sin become an impediment to your growth there. So go sign up for that free trial. Again, it's at start.covenanteyes.com slash pew. I also want to say thank you. There's been a lot of guys that have signed up for the Nail Road in the last few days. We've had about six or seven. So thank you to all those guys that are giving it a shot. I know you're going to enjoy it and you're going to like it. In fact, I have some things here. Uh, you know, you guys are probably tired of me telling you how how you know nice and wonderful it is. I had some quotes here for some guys that sent these in. I'm going to okay. share real quick. 
So one, the guy said the narrow road, which by the way has surpassed my expectations. Um, I love the layout, the weekly reflections, and the daily checklist, which has been a great help in keeping me on the right path. So that was what one one gentleman said. Uh, another one, for so long I was tired of telling myself I wanted to be a better father and never actually doing anything about it. Now I can finally say that I have. The narrow road helps me focus on being a virtuous man and has, has made me realize just how many changes, chances excuse me, a day I have to be a great dad. Um, another one, I've struggled in my relationship as a husband for so long, a lot of it due to my own selfishness. The narrow road's helped me for the first time in my life actually put my wife first. Uh, here's another one. I never thought having a... What, what does it say? I never thought having this great of a relationship with Christ was possible. Now I know I was wrong. And the last one just says it's so simple, but it's so profound. Right. So these are these are quotes from guys from around the world. Guys that have shared this, you know, via text, messenger, uh, email, any you know, all these different ways. And it just it warms my heart to know that it's helping this way. That's what we created it to do. So if you're a guy out here that wants to be a better man, right? That you think my life can't be better. I can't be the dad I want to be. I can't be the husband. I fail all the time. We need a set of habits, some guidelines to go by, right? Once we start to form those habits in our life, it becomes second nature to us to live this way that we want to live. So we need those things in our life, and that's why we created The Narrow Road. If you're a guy that wants that, if you want to be a better man, if you want to know what that means, then go ahead and, and go to justaguyonthepew.com, go to the community, click the Join button there, and then sign up for The Narrow Road. It'll come to your front door by the first of the month every month, and it'll give you a chance to work on a different virtue every single month, to put it into practice in your life. Not just talk about it, but look for opportunities and, and hopefully capitalize on those to practice that unique virtue. And then you're going to grow in your relationship through prayer and through scripture with God along the way. So again, if you haven't signed up right now, there's 50% off your first month of the narrow road. So if you're a guy that says $25 might be a little much, I don't know if I want to spend that on that without seeing it, you can get your first month at $15. If you like it, keep on at the regular price after that. If not, then cancel and no harm, no foul. But just check it out and see if it's for you and see if you can be like all these other guys that it's made an impact in and they're becoming better men because of it. So again, just to get on the pew.com community and sign up for the narrow road there. One last thing real quick, guys, we are back out on the road speaking. I got another request today to go to New Mexico and be talking with that priest tomorrow. So many guys are reaching out and saying, I want to start, whether it's priests or just men in the parish or guys that have a fundraising group, but not really a spiritual group in the parish. They're reaching out and saying, we want this in our parish. We want to start something. And we're putting together programs for parishes to be able to get into the narrow road and use this resource to help get men together, to help train leaders, and to help them start getting men to rise up within the church and lead there, not only in their homes, but also in the parish as well. Will, will there be dates for whatever places you're in that people can sure, go to, they close to it? Yeah, okay. we're going to be adding those to the website here in the next couple of weeks. So as they come in, we'll be adding them. And I hope, you know, as, as I always tell you and, and folks that, that ask about that, like, I love to meet guys. I love mm -hmm. to get out there and put names with faces. So that's what we're going to do. So please, if you see something out there, come and join us. Um, so that's it for my spiel on that stuff today. But, you know, I mentioned, Victor, when we started that this was a follow-up to last week, and there was a lot of guys that reached out and found last week's episode really helpful. It was, you know, is there more to life than this? Right. And it's something we've talked about a few different ways on the podcast in the past. Um, but it's something I know that guys, you know, have struggled with. And so last week we talked about that. We talked about the reasons why guys might find themselves in that position. And then we, uh, we came to the conclusion that the answer is always going to be God. If God's not the first thing in your life, if he's not what your life is centered around, you're always going to be chasing everything else. And when you put God at the center of your life, he reveals your purpose and your gifts to go live that purpose. And then you're not worried about all these other things. So 
the question is that I have this week for guys, if you listen to that, if you've started thinking about that, if you're starting to try to look at giving your life more fully to Christ, then the question I have for you this week is what's keeping you from Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's something that we really need to look into. And I thought about it today because of the reading from about the rich young man, which we've all, you know, know that reading, or at right. least most of us probably do. Um, it's about the young man that comes to Jesus and asks, says, I want to follow you. What do I need to do to to, to achieve or, re- or receive eternal life? And he tells him to follow the commandments. And he says, which ones? And he winds up reading the, the first four or five commandments to him and says, you know, uh, if you do this thing, then you'll have eternal life, right? And then he says, and then, you know, sell everything you have and give it to the poor and come and follow me. And as we know, the last line of that of that particular passage talks about the young man. Young man went away sad because he couldn't give up the mm-hmm. thing, his possessions. His he he was rich and had many things and couldn't part with them. And so I started thinking about that. I was like, we all have something that keeps us from God. Right, and we all should know what that is. By the way, when you think about it, like you get that feeling, like I want to give stuff to God, but I don't want to give him that. Right, mm-hmm. like I don't want to give him that. Well, as I was thinking about that today, I just started thinking about, you know, what are the most common things that men deal with, and then we can talk about some of these under the categories. But really, the three things I think that are keeping men from giving their life to Christ the most are pride, shame, and fear. And so that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today are those three things and the role they play in keeping us from Christ. So when it comes to those three things, that pride, shame, and fear, yep. I mean, those are like, I guess you'd say, hula hoops that are always on us. You know, there's always something that we're kind of keeping it going because we're hiding ourselves from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And then one thing, like say the, the pride drops, right? And then the other one drops, and the other one drops. Then in a sense, we're not worried about that anymore, and we kind of take on a whole new persona. But again, yeah. those those things have to fall. Yeah. And and usually it's either through embarrassment or you found out or loss of your income or any anything that's uncomfortable happens sure. to you. Loss of family. Right. Rugs pulled you, yeah. out. And because we've been preoccupied so long of, of doing the things that we wanted to do that that it comes in and disrupts our lives. Mm-hmm. For the good, in the sense of God calling you out, saying, Okay, man, you've been doing this for so how long? You know? I want you to be part of who I want you to really fully be. Yeah. And and we, we were kind of scared about that because we're like, that means I got to trust you. Sure. And and I really don't know you. Sure. So how am I going to do that, you know? Right. And that's yeah. that's like the first one that I would talk about is, is, is pride, you know? I mean, and pride really is a lack of humility and a lack of vulnerability for most men. You know, it's fear is almost a way, as you said a minute ago, to protect ourselves, yeah. right? A lot of people that are some of the most insecure people in the world are the ones that are the most boastful, the ones that are mo- the most egotistical, the mm-hmm. most braggadocious, you know, are always telling you about what they're doing, what they're achieving. And it's like, you can almost see this little person inside of a big person with a megaphone right. yelling out, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm important. I'm important. If I keep doing these things and I'm proving, and he thinks in their mind, most guys think that I'm doing this to prove to other people, you know, that How I'm important, important but I'm really am. trying yeah. to improve right. it. I'm really trying to prove it to myself. Right there's a wound there that hasn't right. been hasn't been healed or or met. So you know what it really means is in a lot of ways is I don't need God. Right, mm-hmm. that's pride. Like that's what the devil basically said was I don't need you. I want to be God. Right, and what was happening? He was cast out of out of heaven with all the other angels that sided with him, and that are now demons. Right, and 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 now they're separated from God. And that same pride separates us from God right. when we say. I don't need him, right? Which which really means I'm too prideful to admit I need help. Mm-hmm. And that comes from a lot of woundedness in men with, you know, that we, we've talked about before, 
where as a man, I, I got to do it on my own, right? Like if I admit I need help, then I'm weak, right? That, I, that I'm not the man I should be. I'm, there's something deficient in me. There's something wrong with me. And a lot of guys go there and they can almost hear, and some of you may be listening right now, as I'm saying this, you may be picturing your father telling you this over the years. You know, and if you're an older man, you know, over, uh, over the age of 40, like we are, you know, we're middle-aged, but mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just saying a certain age, you're, your father probably raised you that way. You know, some of these younger kids with younger dads are, don't have the same uh, mentality. And actually, there's probably some oversensitivity in some some ways to it. By the way, kids are being raised now, but yeah, we may have overcompensated. Right, for things that's what I'm saying. Right, yeah, yeah. Like now, it's far the other way. Right, but um, but yeah, like that's really what this is. Is I'm I'm too prideful to admit I need help, and when we do that, that allows our wounds to fester. That allows. Um, the things that are that we think about ourselves to to continue to progress, and we kind of put up this wall that keeps God out of our life, mm-hmm. and we're doing it in a way that says, "I don't need you." I, you know, I got everything in my life. Look at what I've achieved. Look at what I've done without you, right? But in the end, all it does is hurt us. It's what keeps us from God is that un, that unwillingness to humble ourselves, right? right? To just hit our knees and say, "Everything's not all right." And I don't have everything figured out. And I don't know where the answer to this problem's coming in my life, right? Like, I got three kids that are going to college. I don't know how I'm going to pay for it, God. And I'm already working two jobs. And I'm already, all those things that can come in our life that we want to white knuckle and sort of just say, I'll get this. I'll do it. I'll always pull it off. I'll always do it. Well, that's fine. You might. But what damage is it causing in other places in your life? Are you never seeing your family because you're working say, seven jobs? Are you, are you always angry and irritable because you're always tired because of right. trying to do it yourself? Are you are you always angry because you you, you hear you, you hear things from people that people didn't ever really say, right? I was telling somebody the other day that like sometimes I can have conversations with people all day long and never speak to anybody, right? Like I'm in my own head talking, mm-hmm. and so a lot of times we hear that and we respond in those proper ways. But pride is one of the biggest issues that will always keep us from God. It is not until that we it's not until we surrender and we really say, Lord, I need you, and look at where I've gotten myself, whether it was in my case in jail and addictions, or it's just like, Lord, I've tried everything I know to do and I can't figure out this issue in my life. Yeah. At some point, whether you do it willingly or he puts you in circumstances that allow you to do it <laughs> involuntarily, right. you're going to have to humble yourself. And until you do, pride is always going to be an issue in your life and it's what's always going to keep you from God. Well, the great thing about this is that we're, we're not different from really the, even the old stories in the Gospels. I mean, I think I think this this story was included for all of us to understand, you know, what we had this what sacrifice is. You know, the young the young rich man, right? Yeah. He had a lot of things that were probably beneficial and he probably was a very good person. Really did really did everything he could to help people around him. But there's that one thing that he just couldn't let go and that mm-hmm. like you said, that's the fear. Yeah. And and the fear is is transcendent in all people created, I believe that. I mean yeah. like the story of Abba Moses in uh, the Desert Father story. Here it is. Sure. So, anyways, this young young uh, monk came and he lived by himself. Came and told him he's like, I'm having terrible temptation thoughts and stuff. I'm fear to be alone. And so he says, Well, won't you go live in the monastery? So he goes to the monastery and, and like ne- next year he comes back and visits Abba Moses. Says I can't live there either. It's too distracting. He goes. He goes, well, how long you been a, a monk? He's like eight years. He's like, I'm seventy, and I still am distracted every day. You know, so <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like we're all we're on the same boat, but we have to continue to work on our humility, you sure. know, and be merciful to each other and ourselves too. Well, that's you mentioned boat, and it's you know one of our, we've shown this in our men's group, and I you know shared it with you a couple of times. There was a movie called The Son of God, and mm-hmm. it was on Netflix for a while, and uh, 
there's a scene in the very beginning actually where Jesus like comes out of the being baptized from John the Baptist and he yeah. walks down to the shores of Capernaum and and uh, he sees Peter and he's got a rock in his hand he's looking at it and Peter's out there you can tell he's frustrated he's throwing his nets down he's been out there all night fishing and you know it's not biblically accurate because he's calling him Peter instead sure. of Simon at the time yeah. but um, but he looks at the rock and he looks up at Peter and he's like do you need any help and Peter looks at him for a second and is like no I don't need any help he's like does it look like I need help and then he starts going uh, I've been out there all night fishing there are no fish we can't catch any fish why would you, you know I don't need any help no and then Jesus walks out into the water waist deep and then says, help me into your boat. And Peter's looking at him like he's nuts. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what are you doing? He's like, we're going fishing. He's like, there's no fish out there. Like, what? Do you, I'm not going to waste my time. And then Jesus looks at him and he says, Peter. And he stops. Like, how does he know my name? And he says, just give me an hour and I'll give you a whole new life. Right? But so many times God comes in our life and he's, he's interacting with us the way that he is Peter. And we're that right. same. There's not anything here. Like, I've told you. I don't need your help. I've done There's this. No I've tried. I'm, I'm tired. Right. Yeah. And so that pride wells within us. And by the end of that scene, I mean, he, they're catching all the fish. And, and Peter's like, what are we going to do? And Jesus says, change the world. Because now he's given up. He's surrendered that pride. And he's become humble in the moment and realized, like, this is going to be different. My life's mm-hmm. going to be different. So surely, like, we we have to get through that pride. You know, the next thing you've talked about it a little bit is fear. You know, and fear basically is just, I don't trust God, right? That's really what it is. Is And that's hurtful to some to say, well, no, I think I trust God. Well, if you think you trust God, then start thinking about the things that are uncomfortable for you to give him, right? Like, and it's always money for guys, right? I'll give God everything in my life, but when you start talking about that 10% tithe and, like, I need to give that the first fruits of my money, need to go to God and... Then all of a sudden you start the story gets different, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we start going, yeah, but what if I have like a, a you know a car breakdown, or what if the water heater blows up, or what about that you new know, outdoor kitchen I wanted to add on to my right. patio outside? And surely God wants me to have that first before I give Him, you know, His. And so when we don't trust God, that's 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 that fear is that we don't trust God. And I mean, like the rich man, a lot of us have unhealthy attachments to too many things besides God. Whether it's our stuff, our lifestyle, our friends we think we'll lose, our popularity, whatever it is, that's what separates us. Because it, eventually when you say, God, I want to follow you, just like that, or Jesus, I want to follow you, just like that rich man, I can imagine Jesus like whipping around and going, okay, you want to follow me? Mm-hmm. Sell all your stuff. Give it to the poor. Then come follow me. Yeah. And that guy's going... Uh, like, is there another answer? Yeah, or I'll take Plan B. But I worked, right. I worked so long to get that stuff, or mm-hmm. like, I built buildings to put that stuff in, and the money was spent on that, or like, what? It's that fear that we have. So, like, the way to figure that out is to start analyzing your life and to say, what is it that I really have an issue giving God? Like, what makes me uncomfortable? Because I guarantee you, that's what Jesus wants. That's the thing that's keeping you from mm-hmm. him. And there may be multiple. It may be the one thing that's keeping you from him today. But there may be more behind that. But he wants that. He wants to untie that knot and for you to freely give whatever that is to him. And so when we don't do that and we don't trust God, then we're living in fear. And we know that the devil, he preys on fear. That's what he loves. He gets in your head and he accentuates those fears. He, he Well, you're right. What if you did give that to God? And what you don't know if he loves you or not. Like, what if he's not a loving God? And mm-hmm. you lose that and you lose more. And what if your kids couldn't go to college because you gave a little bit of extra money here? Or you couldn't do this? or And so he expounds on that. We start to listen to that. And we back further away from God because we're not having that courage right. to trust him, right? So we need to we need to combat fear in our life and we'll talk in a few minutes about how to do that. The other one I would say is shame. You know, that's the other big one, especially for men, is just shame. You know, it's it's feeling you're unworthy to follow God because of your mistakes and failures. 
right? There's no hope for me. I'm unredeemable. Well, first of all, that's prideful in of itself mm-hmm. because you, you have no right to sell God whether you're redeemable or not or whether you're worthy or not. He's the one that made you, and he's the one that knows whether you're worthy or not. And he believes you are, so much so that he sent the most important thing in his life, in the world, his son, to die for you. To, so to sit there and to think, I'm not worthy, I get it, I get it, I've been there. But you're almost, it's, it's prideful in a way in disrespecting God because you're saying, I know better than you. Mm-hmm. Right? I know better than you, God. You don't know what I've done. You don't know who I am. Yeah, whatever you've done in your life, God was sitting there for it. He wasn't in some other auditorium or some other part of the world with his back to you where he didn't see what you were doing. He knew what you were going to do before you ever did it. And he was there when you did it. And now he just wants you to understand that he loves you in spite of that right. and to come and to reconcile with him. And so with a lot of men, we just can't get out of our own way. We can't get past our own shame. And that's what keeps us from God. Because like, there's no way he could love me. No way talk, he could love me. Well, you're going to talk about shame, like being a convert in your first confession. You know, you gotta go back but like forty some odd years. And, oh no! And that's that. That can be pretty hard conversation that you you have in the confessional booth. But the thing is that when you leave that, you're going, "Wow, I feel, I feel relieved of all, all this stuff." And that's when that shame kind of the power of the shame that the enemy has over you is diminished. Yeah. It is, and like it's funny because that first confession for yeah. me too was like I had to type it out on that old doc dot yeah. matrix print, uh, paper that would like fold over each yeah. other again and again, so I could pick it up in a stack. <laughs> it wouldn't be everywhere because there was so much on that list. But you're exactly right, mm-hmm. and, and that's that's one of the number one things that I think that this ministry's helped a lot of guys with is to come to an understanding that like the the perceptions I have of God not loving me, yeah. those aren't true. Those are from the devil. And and I just want to reiterate that again. Anytime you hear negative thoughts that are accusing you, that are telling you you're not good enough, that uh, are basically making you feel worse and worse about yourself, those aren't from God. That's from the evil one. Right. He just happens to shout a lot louder. God comes in the whisper that de- the evil one is shouting. So whenever you hear words like you and things like that, accusatory, yeah. right. That are, those are things because the devil knows that you're very close to stepping away from him, right? To breaking that 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 bind, and sometimes it may be one small thing. You know, we talk, you hear in scripture how he says, uh, I believe it's in scripture, it might be a saint, either way. But there's a one small thread will keep a bird from flying, basically. Yeah. And so it, it could be something little in our life that keeps us from becoming who God wants us to be. And the devil will sit there and do everything he can to strengthen that one little thread before you break it. Because when you break it, he knows there's a big chance you may never come back. You may fall. You may you may have some mistakes after that. But you're always, once you've learned that God forgives you and loves you through your mistakes and through your inadequacies, you're always going to return to that loving father. You're never going to just allow yourself to go back to that place fully, mm-hmm. right? So the devil understands that, and he does not want that for you. So that shame is one of his favorite tools to use against you. Pride, obviously one. Fear, obviously one. Shame, definitely one. I spent a lot of years on that couch doing drugs and hiding things and pornography and all those things and thought there was no help for me because certainly God can love someone like me. Guys, I'm telling you, if that's what you're thinking right now, it's not the truth. And you need to banish those lies from your head. You need to renounce them in the name of Jesus Christ. And you need to start listening to to, to who will preach truth in your life, which is God. And maybe he's doing that through us right now, like on this show. And maybe he has in the past. But guys, that's the thing we have to get rid of is that shame, that fear, and that pride. So let's talk here for the last couple minutes about helps. You know, one of the things I'll say first and foremost is be honest, humble, and vulnerable with God about whatever it is, whatever that one thing is, right? We all know the things that are in our lives that are our issues. 
We all know that squirmy feeling I was talking about earlier you get when you know God wants something from you and you just don't want to give it up. So be honest with yourself about it. Don't lie to yourself about it. Be humble enough to know if I'm feeling this way, this is an issue and God is calling me to give this to him. So humble yourself and offer that up to him, right? And then be vulnerable. Most guys, that's that's why we can't ever move forward is because we're not willing to be honest, open and vulnerable and humble ourselves. So do that. After this podcast is over right now, pause it and start praying about what it is in your life that you can give to God and then give it to him. You know, admit that you can't do it all on your own. There's nothing wrong with that. You aren't less of a man for saying you need help. Even Jesus needed help carrying his cross, right? He fell three times and he eventually needed help carrying it. You're going to need help carrying yours too. So don't let that pride get in the way and, and, and humble yourself again to allow other people to help you and to admit that you need help with whatever you're do, dealing with in your life. Also, pray to God to soften your heart and heart. Right? When we feel like God, we're not good enough for God or we're not worthy, we're being shamed, a lot of times we reverse that and we're angry with God. Right, We're angry at God for he, because he does it. We think he doesn't love us or we think he's ashamed of us. So we project that back on. I'm angry at you too. Soften your hardened heart and ask God, pray to God to come in and loosen whatever that is that is, that is causing that wall around your wounds or around the things that you don't want to give up, that thing that's keeping you from trusting him. And then lastly, give God a chance to prove you wrong. If you're a guy that thinks, what's the good? If I give it to God, what's, nothing's going to happen. Give him a chance to prove himself trustworthy. You have nothing to lose, right? If you're stuck in it now and God doesn't do anything about it, you had not lost anything, right? Give him an opportunity to prove himself trustworthy and truthful and honest and loving the way that he tells us so many times in the gospel he is. Guys, if you want to live this sort of life, right? If you want to do these things, the narrow road's going to help you with that. I'm not sitting here trying to push a product to sell you something. I've seen too many guys that have shared how what this is doing in their life and the changes it's making. And it's exactly what we hoped it would do. And so it's not us doing that. It's not me writing those things. It's me trying to allow God to write through me and to put these things, the right virtues in place in the right months and allow him to work through this to help release men, to free souls that's what we're here to do is to help save souls through jesus christ through us so guys you can sign up for the narrow road at just a guy on the in the community so guys look if something's keeping you from jesus ask him what it is be honest and give it to him so let's take it to prayer in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen lord jesus you want nothing more than for all of us to come to know you and follow you at the end of the day though we all have things keeping us from you Help us to sit down and really examine what those things are in our life. And Jesus, whenever we've identified what in our lives is keeping you from us, give us the courage to trust you and to surrender it fully. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.